Hello again, and thanks for listening today. This is Stepping Into Freedom, the podcast about standing fast in the liberty wherewith we have been made free from Alma 5840 in the Book of Mormon. Today is episode 55 with Becky McIntosh. Super happy to have her on tonight. Becky is the author of Love Boldly, Embracing Your LGBTQ Loved Ones and Your Faith. Uh, she's also a popular speaker, known for her inspirational stories, honest approach, and open heart, which I have already seen a piece of, which is awesome. Um, she's dedicated to her family and her faith as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Her love for humanitarian work inspired her to volunteer in India and Africa, not to mention the walls of her own home. She is the proud and humbled mother of seven children and an ever-growing number of grandchildren, which is just great. She lives in Lehigh, Utah with her husband, Scott, in a nest that's never empty. <laughs> Thanks for being on today. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Paul. I'm honored that you would reach out to me to be a part of your podcast. Great. So we're going to be talking about unity today, and I think Becky is one of the best people to, to talk about that with what uh, kind of stuff you've been posting about the last few months, years, I guess, or... Years. Yeah. <laughs> Years, yeah. <laughs> cool. So well, before we just get started with any questions tonight, do, do, could you, would you want to just kind of give a bit of background as to, you know, your experience with the book and your family? And Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly not an expert in unity. It's something that we're always uh, working on uh, to, to create. Yes, so, so as you said in the introduction, I'm a mother of seven. Uh, my children are all grown, they're all adults, they're married and, and raising families of their own. Um, most of my children live within 30 minutes of me to live in other states. Cool. So that make um, them, you know, holidays when they're able to come home or us uh, go visit them, really, really special. Um, what else? So my middle son... When he was 24 years old, he told his father and I that he was gay. And he said, Mom, you're the first person that I have talked to about this. And that in itself uh, broke my heart to think that my son for 24 years had kept that all to himself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as as a mother, I tried to create a safe space in my home and be approachable so my children could tell me, everything and anything uh and so that that hurt me that i had not created that safe space for him to share that that something so real and personal and something he had struggled with and agonized over and uh, that he had kept that and done that to himself so that was in 2012 that sent me on a big journey of seeking to understand because him telling me that, that he, he was gay, and he says, Mom, um, I've never held a guy's hand. I've never even kissed a guy, but I've known since the time I was very little that that's where my attraction is, and always thinking um, that it would go away, that he just hadn't reached that point in life where, where he all of a sudden would like girls. And he thought maybe when he held a girl's hand or when he kissed a girl, and, and that didn't happen. Um, so maybe, you know, after his mission and, and that's when he came out was a few, a few years after he came home from his mission, when he finally realized 
this is a reality. This is a real part of me, and it's not going away. Yeah, not just so a not just a phase I, or anything. Yeah. No, it's not a phase. This is this is real. It's not going away. So how am I going to live my life? And yeah. He felt like he needed to share that with his father and I. Um, he didn't come out to his siblings till several months later, and then um, and then to to friends and extended family. And then now we're very public. As you said, there's a book. But before the book, um, the church reached out to us uh, to, to see if we could, would be willing to share our story of love and inclusion um, on, the, on the church Mormon and Gay website. So our, our family story and video was added to that website in 2017. Cool. The video is called The Macintosh Story. And, and then... Um, it was, you know, about a year and a half later that Desert Book reached out to me and asked if I would be open and willing to write in my story in more detail. Because um, if you just watch the movie, the video, we look like this big, happy, joyous, united family. And what you don't see is all the bumps in the roads and the highs and the lows and the, and the division that happened and, and striving to create that, that unity and understanding and and you know turning to god over and over and over how do we navigate this how do we do this uh so that's what i share in the book is those those details and i tried to be very raw and real with with how it really went down and the highs and lows and the division in the family and and striving to create that unity because when there's not unity we're discontent i mean there's contention and and we know that that contention comes it's it's not from from god yeah it's from that the other person and and so we we try to create that so that's where the book came from i'm like as i said i'm certainly not an expert i'm not a therapist i'm just a mom that's that's um at peace with sharing the realities of our story <laughs> yeah well i mean that's i think that sometimes the the, the, the those of us who Whatever our challenges in life, the, the the people who end up being the experts by experience are often those who who are the ones who have gone through it firsthand. No matter what professional training you have, right? So, right, right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of books, one of I kind of get to the first thing I wanted to ask you. One of my favorites is you know, when we don't see eye to eye by J. David Pulsar, and he goes over some topics of some aspects of unity in there. Um, I've never actually never met the guy. Interestingly enough, that I know we're related with a last name like that. But um, in that book, one of the things he talks about is the idea that unity never requires, you know, the same exact views and preferences on everything, right? And in, in fact, the unity actually thrives more when we're able to take our complementary differences and let let them work together to form that tapestry of human goodness, if you will. So could you talk about any examples specifically like where you have seen that kind of Christ-like unity happen among people who might seem like the most unlikely of allies to society in general? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the things also that you mentioned in my my intro is that I've had the opportunity to travel to places like India and Africa. Um, I've been really fortunate to to have traveled a lot around the world. And what I've discovered is that people are the same, that we are more alike than different, that no matter your profession, your demographics, your location, your social status, 
your educational degree or what your religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, black, brown, white, pink, or green. It doesn't matter. We all have the same basic needs, you know? And we all want to feel loved, safe, appreciated, trusted, respected, accepted, and valued for who we are and the diversity that we bring. And when that is not felt, um, then that's, that's where some distance or wedges come in or that lack of feeling of unity or that, oh, you think you're, you're better than I am or, uh, you know, you're feeling lesser than. Um, but it's been my experience that treating people the way you want to be treated creates that respectful atmosphere and finding that the, that commonality, like you can, there's always, no matter how different you think you are to someone, you can find that commonality Mm -hmm. and, and build from there. But, but really number one is treating others, people the way that you want to be treated. And second is that, you know, that great commandment, love thy neighbor as thyself. (laughs) Um, that kindness goes a long, long ways. And, um, you know, taking a genuine interest in, in someone and asking them questions about themselves so their interests, you know, that opens doors to discovering oh, your commonalities. Man, that, I can't begin to tell you, like, this. Is, we had the elders over today, uh, and Lorraine's uh, in our hospital room here with where Lorraine is and yeah. with me, and uh, I was telling them, like, something similar. I was, I was saying to them, like, the, the more... Um, like every time elders say, I ask them, how's your day? Oh, it was good. And like, tell me more. You said you had your companionship studies today. What did you get out of that? Help me understand you better. Right. And you know, just like you're saying, the more we kind of get to know each other better, the more we're patient enough to really, okay, what makes this person tick? Right. There's that kind of, oh, okay. Well, I find, even if it's just something small, right. I say I have something in common with that. I can relate to that this way. Right. So then we have that clicking part, right? They kind of just... Right, right. And a, a specific example was just a couple of days ago. I And I hope my husband isn't listening to this. <laughs> I stopped at a mall to a specific store, which I, like, I can't even remember the last time I went to a mall. I do a lot of online shopping. <laughs> but I, I stopped at the mall. And um, when I, I, you know, I went up to the cashier, and the cashier was looking down, and when the, it was a male, and when he looked up, he probably had at least 10 piercings on his face, like everywhere. And I just immediately said, hey, how, is, how has your day been? And, and he said how he was really tired at work. He was, he was ready for the day to be over and customers to leave so that he could change the music that was on the intercom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, this isn't the kind of music you like to listen to. And he says, oh, no. And and so I asked him, well, what kind of music do you like? And so he told me, and, and I said, do you play an instrument? And he just lit up, and he played, like, five different instruments. Wow. And, and I said, Have you, do you play in a band? And he, you know, said, well, I used to, but then, you know, our lives got busy, and we went different directions. And, and I just kept asking him questions, and I found out that he just recorded um, in a studio, and his music soon will be on um, iTunes, and mm. and you could just see though that he just was lighting up that I was showing an interest. And when I left, like he just had the biggest smile, and I and I said, well, 
um, I wish you the best of luck in everything you do and, and with your, your music. And he just was beaming. And I left just feeling so good because, um, you know, he was very different than me. And, but just asking the questions and it just made him light up and it made me feel really good to get to know him and not just judge him by his outside appearance, but to learn about his gifts and talents and how he's wanting to share them with others. Wow. So like this is those, those moments of, for me, like having Asperger's syndrome, you know, it's, I, I totally can relate to that whole, you know, finding out about people on your own, right? Asking them questions because um, for me, like, I feel everything, like, so much, like, stronger, maybe longer than a lot of other people. I don't know about everybody, but, and so whenever I feel one of those kinds of connections like you described there, it's like, you know, we're, you know, kind of really hitting it off with somebody and they light up and then, you know, maybe sometimes I'll ask you about, we can kind of both exchange ideas and by the end of the conversation, it's like, what just happened? That was cool, you know, you know, and you could find that unity no matter how many differences, I mean, other differences you do have, right? So Right, right, and, it, and, and the freeing effect to that, when I, when I, at least for me, when I experienced that is, okay, now I have another human connection that I can use later on to edify more people, me and the person and everyone else, right? Right. So I, like, what, what, I don't know if you can talk about any, like, the particularly freeing effects, I mean, I guess... That the conversation sounds freeing enough for you as it was with that guy, right? So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just seeing others as truly your brother and sister. You know, we we truly are. We come from heavenly parents, and so I I try to look at it as getting to know my brother or my sister that I haven't seen in a very long time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Instead of oh, I, I've never met you. Well. We have. It's just oh, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's so cool. Um, so next thing I wanted to ask you: There's, I've had a lot of kind of quote unquote favorite songs recently. Um, I've been playing around with Apple Music. I'm on a trial right now with that. And there's a lot of new stuff I found recently. One of them's. Uh, you, you like much of Switchfoot stuff? You know, I don't. I'm not familiar with their with their stuff, and I wish that I had um, gone and listened to this beforehand. I see in their little notes though that you're going to play a piece of the song, so I'm I'm hoping you're still going to do that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 the guy. That's the goal. Um, <laughs> there's an awesome song. Um, it's called "The Hardest Art" um, by Switchfoot, um, and the chorus. Uh, I'm actually going to pull that up here real quick. Okay. All right. Here is. That I'm gonna turn the volume up here. So those lyrics. I have loved them for the long... Did you, did you catch all that there? I, it was hard to hear. But. Yeah, so the, the chorus, the lyrics there, every movie makes love seem easy. They fall in love like a fire burns. Maybe I'm the only one, but it feels like love is the hardest art to learn. And, you know, I believe that the same could be said about being one, as Christ commanded us to be, being unified and everything. So what are some specific things that have helped you to find that 
unity among, you know, the creative differences between you and your friends or loved ones, especially where that, you know, there have been widely contrasting feelings and opinions about important matters like the one defined in your book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So again, um, the things that I mentioned earlier is, is first, you know, seeking to under understand, um, like where that person is coming from and their perspective. And so asking questions and truly, truly seeking to understand and taking a genuine interest to learn where they're coming from, um, not so that you can come back with a rebuttal and squash them and get them to think how you're thinking, but to truly understand from their perspective, asking questions, doing more listening than you do speaking, and you know, treating them the way you wanted to be treated. I mean, those, if I follow those things, it generally serves me well. It generally creates um, an atmosphere of trust and respect and so that unity can be built. And unity doesn't always mean that you're on the same page, yep. but unity to me is, is the respect for one another and the kindness for one another. Um, so the feeling of you want to be around each other and, um, and, and, it, and you don't have to be on the same page. Um, as far as you were talking about um, the love, the love is, um, I'm looking in my notes here that, of the, the words of that chorus, but it feels like love is the hardest art to learn. Um, to me, yeah, when you feel like you are misunderstood or being mistreated, it's hard to feel love, love extend that love for somebody or to feel that, that love and kindness or even for yourself. Um, and so just truly loving thy neighbor and, and treating each other, treating that person with genuine kindness and in wanting to get to, to know them better. Um, I don't, that's where a love, the feeling of love develops for somebody, at least for me, when I truly seek to, to see that person through God's eyes and um, get to know their unique gifts and talents. Um, and I can always find something that I can learn from them. Um, yeah. That's where I feel a love um, towards them, the love, yeah. love well, that's, that exact thing. Yeah, that exact thing happened to like when the, I got back from my mission and Lorraine and I were you know, getting to know each other. There were so many things that we, we it started out with. We were just talking for hours every night for about a week because they originally started because she wasn't doing well and I'm like, okay, I want to call you. You answer the phone every night this week so I know you're okay, right? And we just kept talking for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And the more we got to know each other, it's like that, that effect that you mentioned, it happens, right? It's like we learn about each other and we find out what makes each other tick and it's like, whoa, this is really cool. What is happening here, you know? I love that, and I, I love that when we did a, a pre-Skype call <laughs> to before this interview, and I was, I was asking you about your, your wife, and she was in the room with me, and I love that you took the, the, the camera over so I could see her and meet her, and, and oh, even through technology, like, I could just feel the deep love that you had for your wife and that she had for, for you. And I actually, I, I teared up as I was 
you know, talking to your wife and seeing how you two were interacting, and it was beautiful. Because it is a, a real true love, and it's, it's what um, all couples and people that we strive and, and, and want. I feel like well, I have that in my marriage, too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, see, there's there's one thing that you mentioned that is like, you know those questions that like, Facebook asks you on your profile, like just kind of random questions you can scroll through and answer what you want? You seen those yeah. things? Yeah. So there's one of them a few years back that um, I saw and I'm like, now that's an interesting one. And it's like, it said, what gets you up out of bed in the morning? Uh, and I thought, because there's days where like it's easy and where it's not easy, right? And, right. and I thought, what can I even, because in my Asperger's head, I'm like, what can I even say that's a foolproof answer to that? And I thought about that for a while and I'm like, you know, on the very worst days, where I don't feel like my emotional stamina is just gone. I, I like, yeah. I feel like I have like I don't feel much to wake up to. And I'm like, what gets me out of bed those days? And I kind of think of one thing: my covenants. I made a promise because I love so, love someone, and uh, well, love and loved. Um, and I'm like that promise. If I back out on that, what does that say about me? And so, I don't know, it's just, for me, it's been a matter of, I, 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 if I break off one of the few human connections I have, that means the most to me, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, ab- abandoning all chance for further unity there, what good is that going right. to do me? Right, yeah. right. So, awesome. Um, so the last thing I wanted to ask you about... Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this will spike more questions. We'll find out. <laughs> um, so the whole Doctrine and Covenants 3827, most members of our church are familiar with this. If you're not one, you're not mine, right? From Heavenly Father. Right. Um, I think it's the Savior talking there, actually. Anyways. Um, so as, as you have obviously made significant progress with being one with all of your uh, family, um, friends, how, how have you seen... Um, more freedom in your life as you progress towards, you know, being Christ's in that unity? Yeah. Ah. You know, that was a, a question that I had to really ponder. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, how, and, and the, you know, you mentioned in the, finding the unity in such an, in our family, and that, that was such a, a journey because that was, there was a big division in our family when our son did start dating and met someone that he really cared about and wanted to bring him home to meet the family. And we had already talked about a couple of years earlier in our in a family council that if that scenario ever happened, that he that I had already told him that he would not be able to bring a person home with him because he had younger siblings and we had grandchildren and just the very thought of it at our family council two years earlier caused some division my kids saying mom that's no that's not that's not fair you let us bring home our friends and whoever we were dating or wanted to meet the family so that that's not fair and then another child jumping up and saying yeah but that would be condoning and I don't want to teach that to my children and and that was at the very thought of the scenario. So then when the scenario actually happened, I had to tell my children, yeah, Sean's coming and he's bringing 
um, someone with him. And how that came to that answer, that that would be my answer because it was different from two years earlier, was dropping to my knees, asking my Heavenly Father, how do I respond to this? And his answer was, was very clear. It was an answer he had, had given to me over and over when I had asked other questions along this journey, and which was, you love him. You love him no matter what. And um, even though, you know, I argued for a little bit, yeah, but this, this is different. Did you hear me? Did you hear me clearly? He's wanting to bring a guy home who he loves, he really cares about. And we had decided on this beforehand, yeah. <laughs> and the answer was just so clear. And, um, but it, it caused some division and there were some family members that for quite a while would not come if, if the boyfriend was also there. And, um, and we had to work through, through that and, and having respect for one and one another and not getting upset with one another and being, um, respectful and knowing that each person was coming from the place of integrity and the place that they felt was was best and being guided by their heavenly father also um so it it took it it took a while it took a while before everyone felt welcome and to sit around that that family table and this is this is what it took um one evening and this i talk about in the book but one evening um after another dinner where there were some empty chairs I, everyone had left and um, I sat down at my computer and checking my emails and one of the, the emails, um, the, head, the subject line just really caught my attention. President Monson gives important caution for Latter-day Saints. And so I, kept, I opened up the email and kept reading and it said in part, we've all felt anger it can come when things don't turn out the way we want. It may, it might be a reaction to something which is said to us or to us, said of us or to us. We may experience it when people don't behave the way we want them to behave. Perhaps it comes when we have to wait for something longer than we've expected. We might feel angry when others can't see things from our perspective. There seems to be countless possibilities for anger. To be angry is to yield to, to the influence of Satan. No one can make us angry. It is our choice. If we desire to have a proper spirit with us at all times, we must choose to refrain from becoming angry. I testify that it is possible. And that was from a prophet. That last part and is huge. I love that yeah. talk. I, I felt that the article came at a perfect time, and I, I shared it. I forwarded it on to our family, family members. And... I received the next day I got a reply back that said, thank you for sharing this article. I didn't know if things would ever be better, but after reading our prophet's message, I knew it will be better. I love you too, mom. Um, so there, you know, the prophet had spoken gospel truths and the Holy Ghost confirmed those truths to my heart and to my, my child's heart as they read his words also and that allowed his words to and that feeling of, of wanting to create love and unity to, to sink deep into our hearts um, as we sought you know as we turned to to Christ and reached out for the healing power of the atonement that's when hearts 
and things started to heal and and opening hearts and mind to really seek to to understand what God would want us to do and and what we need to do um, that's when the hearts of our family members started to be softened and strengthened and in the Lord's timing um, every family member was walking through the door with, awesome. with the love and unity and, and like I said before it doesn't mean we're all on the same page but the love and unity and the respect is there and with that comes freedom like when you feel real peace and joy um, that's when it, it, that's when for myself when I feel um, the most, most joyous and and free awesome I, I think in too with what you said there I, I imagine there was um, plenty of conversations with you know with the grandchildren and those who were like, how do we deal with this with the kids, right? I imagine there was quite a few conversations, I would guess, to, okay, let, let's explain this, what's going on here, let's, you know, teach Absolutely. how Christ would have us respond to this, what's right and what's wrong, how we, you know, need to treat people who we disagree with, and so. Yeah, a book comes to mind that I love and adore, and I, um, it's called That We May Be One. <laughs> I've heard of that, yeah, yeah. It's by Tom Christofferson. He's Elder Christofferson's gay brother. Yeah, actually, Mike Ramsey mentioned that in the last episode earlier this week, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I quote them a, a lot in my book. But um, So Tom's parents were such a beautiful example of this in creating that unity amongst division in their family. And this was back in the 1980s when this subject was rarely yeah, talked about. Yeah, totally. And, you know, Tom came out. And when Tom had met someone, had a significant other that that was meaningful to him. And so, you know, Tom had met someone that he really cared about and he had, he had you know, was committed to. And a family, the Christofferson family reunion was coming up. And um, Tom... Um, told his, his parents that he would be coming and that he would also be bringing um, Clark with him. And when the parents told the, the siblings, his brothers, that Tom was bringing someone with him, there was some division. And, and a couple of his brothers, um, as mentioned, he described in his book, there's a couple of his brothers that said, then we won't be attending. We're not bringing our kids. We're not like exposing them to that. That would be condoning. And so his parents asked Tom if they would, if he could come this time alone so that they could have a family council and figure this out. So, so Tom did. He came by himself. And at the family council, his mother said, we may not be perfect. We're not a perfect family. But we will be perfect at loving. And we will love Tom and whoever Tom loves. And what this will teach your children and our grandchildren is that there is nothing they can do that will put them outside the family circle. We will love. And, and they did. And um, Tom said that, that the preaching and lecturing and all that stopped from that day forward. And they just loved him. And they loved um, Clark. And if you're familiar with his story, if you read his book or not, you know, Tom Finn, 31 years later, he came full circle back into the, the church. And that's not the most important 
part of the story. The most important part was the unity that was created and the love and respect yeah. and that they welcomed um, Tom and his partner into their into their homes and when they would visit um, back east where Tom lived, they would stay in the home of, of Tom and, and Clark. Um, you know, that family, that family unity. And yeah. that's when you can create that. That's when the, the spirit can be felt. Mm -hmm. and yeah. You can feel well, God's love. And as important as, you know, to, to you know us who, you know, have um, understanding of the importance of the gospel, yes, the membership in the church is important to us, but the scripture doesn't say if you're not members of my church, you're not mine. It says, if you're not one, you're not mine. Exactly. And exactly. we know eventually one day, according to, you know, our beliefs in the doctrine of Christ, we you know, there is that belief there that, you know, we believe that the ordinance of salvation are essential for exaltation, family unity forever. However, the scripture says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say. And I, I often find, I found personally, too, that I, for whatever reason, the last few years, I've actually found a lot of interesting insights in looking for what the scriptures don't say as well as what they do. Um, John, by the way, I remember what he said about um, uh, the tree of life. Like, I don't, this, oh, this was a few decades ago maybe where he's like, yeah, I didn't say, oh, this was really good. He says, the best fruit from the tree of life, the love of God, right? And um, yeah, wow. Love that. Thanks for those stories. That's super good examples. I mean... There's a lot of people I've been reaching out to in my life the last few years as well. Just actually, interestingly enough, some of which have been kind of triggered by some of these episodes I've done in this podcast, and um, that have reminded me, you know what? I actually really got in contact with that person a while ago that we didn't really end off our communication on good terms. We haven't talked to each other in years. I should make things right with them. Just you know, I just some things the spirit has guided me to do that recently, and I'm like, okay, I, I got to keep that going. Got to contact more people family, friends, whoever it may be, and just, let, let's let's be unified again, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Thanks so much for your input. Any closing thoughts on Freedom Through Unity for our listeners tonight? Uh, no, just, you know, thank you for, for the guests that you have on your show and for the, the words and things that you focus on. I... I loved that you chose the word unity. <laughs> I could have chosen um, a lot of other words that I would have felt more comfortable about speaking on, but you felt the word needed to be unity. And as I pondered that and the questions that you sent me and did research on what re unity really means and what it meant in my life and how we, you know, strive to create that. Um, yeah, my, my testimony grew stronger. <laughs> of the importance of, of unity, you know, which is creating that, that safe and loving, um, respectful environment. Because um, with that, that's what brings us freedom. That's what brings the, the peace and joy, is that respect and continued kindness, just loving thy neighbor and treating others the way you'd want to be treated. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And, uh, we appreciate everything you added tonight. Thank you, Paul. Awesome. So, thanks everyone for listening tonight. Um, on the next episode, we have Patrick Risk, who's going to be on talking about hope. Cannot wait for that one as well. Um, Patrick uh, is in, uh, I forget which city he said he was in, but he's in Utah, works for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. 
has had quite the past of trauma and abuse and uh, has come out on top of it. So and he, he actually is the um, owner slash moderator admin for the Brightness of Hope group on Facebook. So we have we got the right guy talking to us about that. That's going to be super fun and helpful, hopefully. Um, so tune into that one. If you uh, have any questions about this episode or if someone you love or know would like to participate uh, in one, please uh, send me an email at thepulsifier at gmail.com with the subject line stepping into freedom requests and I will respond. Uh, that's in the description. If you like what you heard today, please give that follow link a click on paulpulsifier.podomatic.com and subscribe on any of the platforms that's on the homepage. There's a whole bunch of them there, like 10, 15 different platforms. So... Lots of options. If you found something particularly useful for you um, or for someone you love, please let uh, others know how much you enjoyed it with a written review on iTunes or Stitcher. Those are quite helpful. Um, if you would log into your account and leave one of those, it'd be great. Um, so have a great day, everyone. And remember to stand steadfastly in the freedom God gave us. Until next time, this is Paul Pulsifer.